0: welcome to take command a dale carnegie podcast the show where we seek to uncover what leadership means in today's world i'm joe hart ceo of dale carnegie and we will be talking to diverse leaders with stories to tell across various industries to help unlock your potential for success we will be sharing real life insights into leadership which in turn can help spark the next level of your growth as a leader Today's guest is a woman who chose to take command of life and career by quitting a successful full-time job and starting a new business in the midst of a global pandemic. Prior to starting her company in 2020, she had years of experience in helping leading brands launch and conduct high impact social media campaigns. She is committing to helping women boss up and reach their full potential. Please welcome the founder and CEO of The Boss Up Inc., Brittany Turner. Brittany, thank you for being with us today. It's great to see you again.
1: Yes, great to see you too.
0: So Brittany, you're someone who is extremely entrepreneurial. You've started your own agency in the midst of the pandemic, no less. You've got a successful blog and podcast. You're a social media influencer. So we want to talk all about those things and really some of the things you see for yourself in the future. Before we go there, share a little bit about what led you to the role that you're in today.
1: Yes, of course. So in college, I was always interested in communications and journalism. And so I honestly thought that I wanted to be a producer or a writer of some sort. And after interning at a news station and at a magazine, I quickly realized that that was not for me. And so after grad school, I decided to move to New York, which had always been a lifelong dream of mine. When I moved, I was thinking, I just need to get a job, right? I just need to get a job. I need to be in the city. And what I did was take a marketing job at an e-commerce appliance company in Brooklyn. I did not know what I was getting into, but I thought if I could do marketing for an appliance e-commerce company, then I think that I can learn how to do marketing and social media anywhere else. So fast forward, I moved on from there and I worked in the beauty industry for four years, For two of those years, I worked for a beauty organization. And then for the other two years, I worked on brand side for two huge beauty brands running their social media and influencer marketing. And in doing that, I realized there was a huge gap between what influencers were looking for in their brand campaigns and the tools and resources that they needed to elevate their social media. But also there was a gap in small businesses needing those same tools to reach these influencers and to just ultimately reach their target audience. And so of last year, February, 2020, I decided to start my digital agency. And of course it just started off as me consulting entrepreneurs and content creators. But by August of 2020, I decided to start working with brands. And so me taking the leap last year in July, I was just like, it's time for me to do it. It's time for me to become a full-time entrepreneur and just really work towards my passion. And here I am almost a year later into entrepreneurship, and I have not looked back since.
0: Well, congratulations. It was certainly a courageous thing to do to leave a successful job, start your own business, let alone in the midst of the pandemic. I mean, what was that like, and was that scary?
1: Oh, that was extremely scary. Thank you, by the way. I was saving during that process early on in the year. And when my birthday rolled around in June, someone told me last year, you told us to hold you accountable, that you would be a full-time entrepreneur before your 28th birthday and your birthday is here. So what are you going to do? And I was like, you're right. Thanks for holding me accountable. It's time for me to take the leap and put in my two weeks. And it was definitely scary in the beginning, just not knowing kind of just like my business model where I really wanted things to go, the type of services that I really wanted to have. But as I grew in that, I kind of just honed in on my mission and values. And that's how we've been able to grow and scale month over month just by focusing in and niching down on what our business model should look like.
0: So, have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? I mean, you talked about you came to New York, which is a big decision. You took a job. Did you always have within you this drive to say, I want to do my own thing, or where did that come from?
1: Absolutely. So, I'll tell you a story. When I was in first or second grade, my aunt bought me this ginormous bead set and I can make bracelets and necklaces and all these things. I drug the bead set all the way to school. And at recess, I opened it up and hired my friends to start making bracelets and jewelry for me to sell. And it was at that point, my parents were like, all right, we know that you're eventually going to work for yourself. And during that time period, moving forward, I was always doing something, always trying to figure out what type of business I should have or what I could be doing. And so they always knew that I would be an entrepreneur, and I think I did too. But it wasn't until I moved here and got really immersed in everything that New York has to offer was when I decided to really take it seriously and hold myself accountable for those dreams I had when I was six.
0: Well, it's incredible that you had that at such a young age. It sounds like it's always been a part of you. Are there certain people who have inspired you to develop that? And maybe is there a moment that you can remember where there's kind of a trigger for you to say, boy, I really want to be like this person.
1: I feel like I've had many people along the way into different avenues that I was in. So probably during that time period, I was looking at maybe someone that I was modeling over on TV or things like that. But I think ultimately just seeing the hustle from my parents and just seeing them work so hard, even though they're not entrepreneurs, but to see their work ethic It has really helped me to cultivate the type of person that I want to be and how I want to move forward in any business that I have. And so I just always keep them in the back of my head. And of course, there are so many people, so many players in the social media game now that I definitely look up to for inspiration. But I think that it always starts from the home and my parents definitely carved that into me.
0: That's awesome. It's so great that they nurtured that in you too. Once mm-hmm. they saw that you had that and supported that, you also talked about accountability and sometimes it's great mm-hmm. to have people in our lives who hold us accountable. Who are the people who held you accountable and can you talk a little bit about that?
1: I would say mainly my brothers hold me accountable. I think that siblings have a weird thing where they just tell you the truth, no matter what, sometimes your friends might take the easier route and they might massage you a little bit but your siblings really just tell you the truth. And I think that my brother is helping me see the value in my work and seeing that I can be this big company that I am aiming to be. I just need to have it instilled in my mind first. I need to be held accountable and just remember why it is that I started. So having them remind me of my why and having them remind me that I could be just as big as some of these other companies out here too, it really just helps me stay grounded and to know what I'm working towards.
0: That's terrific. Tell us about your company and a little bit about what your company does and your vision for your company.
1: Yes, so The Boss of Inc. started off as consultations. As I mentioned, I was consulting entrepreneurs and content creators on how they can elevate their social media game and when it came to August of 2020, we started to work with small brands as well. And so from that point, we've really grown just by word of mouth, just by our clients talking about our services. And so now we have about 10 brands that we manage social media and influencer partnerships and brand partnerships for. And some of them range from beauty brands. They also range from fashion brands. We have some clients that are in the tech industry. And so we really just work on their social media strategy and making sure that we are helping them reach their ideal audience. And the best part is, is that the team really loves all the clients that we work with and our clients love us too. And they just really love the energy and passion that we put behind any project that we do for them. And I really just think that that is the main source of what keeps everything going and what makes them want to refer us to other companies out there as well just the passion and energy behind our team and just our willingness to go above and beyond for them, even if it's beyond our scope, right? We just always wanna help, especially during this time of COVID and things like that, where brands were really just trying to figure out how they should pivot their messaging and how they can continue to be inclusive, diverse, and still timely in their messaging. And so we've really helped them pave the way for that.
0: Well, it sounds like you're off to a great start and the business is growing and thriving. You have achieved notoriety as a social media influencer. Talk about that a little bit. What platforms are you really uh, using the most? And how did you come to become popular?
1: More recently, TikTok, but Instagram will always be a favorite. My social media influencer life really started in 2014. I started a blog. It was basically fashion beauty blog. My first partnership was with Macy's. And I was just like, whoa, this is really cool. I'm working with Macy's. Never knew that I would have that opportunity to do that. And when I moved to New York in 2016, it just opened my eyes up to a whole nother world because I was going to events. I was networking with other content creators here that I'm still friends with. And I was just really immersing myself in the industry. And now I can say that I've worked with brands like Sephora and Google and Wrangler and some of these bigger brands on these bigger campaigns. And I'm consistently working with them just because they love the work that I'm able to put out. And we just have such a great working relationship. And it always goes back to energy and how you treat others. Being in that space has really helped me to realize the message that I want to get out to others and how it is important to talk about things beyond the surface. And so I've really changed my messaging to talk a lot about mindset, wellness, and entrepreneurship. And in doing that, that's how I was able to go from 3,000 followers on TikTok in December to now 26,000 followers, just by really honing in on that message.
0: So the message must be one that's personal to you. It must be one that really drives you. Talk about your passion around those areas.
1: Absolutely. I feel like these past few months, I've really just focused on personal development and really just helping my team work on their personal development as well and helping them remember that. It's not all about the hustle culture. You have to really just get your mind in a good place because if you're not 100%, then you can't give 100% to others. And that's what I always tell my team and my clients as well. And so when I started to bring that message over to Instagram and to TikTok, teaching my audience how they can become a more balanced boss, how they can cultivate the mind of a boss, and how it really does start up here in your mind before you can say it out loud. And that's how I've really been able to grow my audience and help them hold me accountable. But then I hold them accountable, too. And we just have such a solid community when you do it that way with such transparency and vulnerability.
0: If you were to speak to our audience right now, what are the couple of the key Mm -hmm. things that you've learned that you'd want to share?
1: I have a lot of messages, but the main thing I would say is to really just take the time to pour into yourself. And when you take the time to pour into yourself, your daily routines, your habits, just cultivating healthy habits, that is what is going to set you apart from the rest, but what's going to help you elevate in your business as well, because you are feeling 100%. You're pouring into your mind, body, soul, and you're just able to pour into others in that way as well.
0: Mental health is an issue that gets a lot of discussion these days. Mm-hmm. Many times people aren't really sure what that means for themselves. How do I mm-hmm. restore myself? How do I restore others? Are there any ways that you've found to be really successful? If you find yourself really stressed out, what are some things that you do to kind of invest in yourself?
1: I definitely love to journal. In these past few months, I think I've used up maybe like eight to 10 journals because I'm really just using that as a platform for me to just get out how I'm feeling at that time and to really just be able to sit in those feelings Working out has been another avenue for me. I really do think that it's important for us to move our bodies and for us to have some type of activity to just keep our minds going. And actually, when I work out, I feel like that's when I'm the most innovative as well, because I just get so many random ideas on the treadmill that I'm like, okay, I have to go back to my apartment and write that down ASAP because I just got a new business idea. And then on the flip side of that, being a leader, if you're seeing someone else on your team stressed out, it's just being attentive. Asking the right questions and making sure that they're taking care of themselves too, especially if they're working so hard on the business.
0: Well, certainly that is a key part of leadership too, is really trying to think about that other person. Just to go back for a second, though, I completely relate to what you're saying. I almost think about a workout as part of the workday. I mean, I just even yeah. this morning, I woke up very consumed and a lot of my mind and went out for a run. And by the time I was done, just had real clarity of thought. So mm-hmm. was able to bring more of myself to the others and to the business and so forth. So couldn't agree with you more on the importance of really just making sure we're taking care of ourselves, especially with physical activity.
1: Absolutely. And I do feel like it helps you to become more passionate. I can remember days when I was working and I would roll out of bed. I would feel flustered trying to get ready for the day because I was running late. And that was because I didn't take an hour before getting started for my day to really pour into myself.
0: Yeah, and sometimes people notice that, right? It's like people Uh, notice if I haven't worked out, you haven't worked out today, have you? You (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So talking about leadership and you've got a team that you're leading, what does leadership mean to you? How do you define leadership? What's a good leader?
1: I would say a good leader is just being able to be the example for your team the way that i'm able to lead is by being an example but also being attentive to my team's needs especially when it comes to their personal development and their growth and so i kind of just take it past the conversations of oh how's this client doing or what are we looking at here how are we netting out i take it back and say how was your weekend how are you feeling do you need to take time off did you eat lunch i'm really just making sure that my team is taking care of themselves and being attentive to the things that are important to them And their personal development. And that's what I really think that a good leader does. They pay attention to personal growth, but they also ask questions about relatable things that are happening in their lives and just being more aware of themselves, but also aware of those around them.
0: That element of caring for other people makes such a big difference for them, as well as for us. I mean, certainly There are times in my life I think back about people who really took an interest in my career and it was really critical. Mm -hmm. Is there someone, as you look back on your career and your development to this point, who really modeled being a great leader for you?
1: My professor back in my master's program really just took an interest in my entrepreneurship endeavors. And he's definitely someone who really just made sure that I had all the tools and resources that I need in order to be successful. And I think looking at the way that he helped me cultivate my ideas and really just had an interest in what I was doing and still does till this day. I think that is what I kind of look at as an example and how I pour into my team as well.
0: That's critical. And of course, they noticed that and they appreciate that. You know, I saw a quote that you had given at one point, which said, once I realized that success is 80% psychology and 20% skills, the game changed. What's the nature of that quote? Tell us about that.
1: When I was talking to a lot of my clients during our session, I realized that they weren't being successful in their endeavors because they were actually holding themselves back. They were holding themselves back in how they thought about themselves, maybe how they thought others would perceive them if they put any type of content out in the world. And so I was just like, you know, it really is mindset. Sure, you can have the skill set to do it. But if you don't believe in yourself, then how are you going to have others to believe in you and what you put into the universe? And so after I realized that, it was kind of like a switch went off in my mind. And I was just like, I can't keep speaking negativity into my life. I have to speak positively and I have to make sure that I'm cultivating that type of energy to pour into my business. And I don't know if a lot of other entrepreneurs have had the same Pathway, but I felt like when I first entered entrepreneurship, I was telling my friends and family that I was a broke entrepreneur. So I was saying, Oh, I can't do such and such. You know, I'm a broke entrepreneur. Like maybe next time. And I really did start to understand that it's those words that are holding me back. I'm not a broke entrepreneur. I have to speak that into existence. And after that, I really went from making like single figures to double figures in my business and our income because of that small word change. And so it really is mindset.
0: So how do you keep your mindset positive, especially as an entrepreneur? You face challenges all the time. So what are some ways that you keep yourself focused on being confident and positive?
1: Well, I do listen to podcasts like the Dale Carnegie podcast, and I feel like I gain a lot of positivity from positive leaders. And so if I'm listening to maybe how they've combated a certain situation, then it kind of makes me feel like I'm not alone. And that I am going through something that a lot of people have gone through as well. And so listening to positive affirmations from podcasts or just listening to anything that is motivational, uplifting, whether that's a YouTube video or journaling, like I said, it just really does help me stay grounded and to stay in a positive mindset because it is difficult.
0: It is, right? I mean, it seems like it's a constant challenge. We've got things that we face all the time, every single day, and the ability to stay positive is... Really a gift for ourselves
1: mhm it's a choice you have to make every day
0: it is, and I think sometimes people believe that it's not that it's just easy mm-hmm. it really is hard work right I mean you've got to remind yourself and stay positive and so forth. sounds like you're doing a good job with that. Let me ask you, you've achieved some very important and significant things you're still a young woman, I have six children, four of whom are daughters, <laughs> and <laughs> those four daughters it's always been important for me that they be very strong, confident young women. What advice would you give to young women who want to be strong, confident, courageous?
1: I feel like the advice that I would give is just to really never give up. And that sounds very cliche, but I feel like it's so easy for us to see the beginning of something. And it's easy for us to envision how the end will look, but it's the middle part that really gets us. And so if you can really just work your way through the middle part and just stay positive, stay focused, know that what you are wanting will come into fruition, just keep working on that. I feel like you will make it to that final destination that you're looking for. It's not going to look pretty, but it is going to be worth it. And you're going to look back and be like, I can't believe that I made it through that.
0: Well, good advice. I'm going to make sure that my daughter's listen to this podcast and do your advice. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. You are a Dale Carnegie graduate. You took the Dale Carnegie course in New York City. Would love to hear about your experience and how that course played any role in your journey.
1: That course was one of the milestones into me making it through my journey. And so I took the course at the top of last year, I would say January, February. And I really do feel like it helped me hone in on what it was I was looking at for that year. Now we could have never expected what was going to happen. The course really just helped me understand my goals and my vision. And it helped me say some of those things out loud that I had never said out loud. And so I might've written it as a tweet that I wanted to quit my job, but saying it in front of my cohort that I wanted to do that and kind of just like manifesting what it is that I wanted to do after that, created a whole nother set of people to hold me accountable. Especially um, my professor, Jamie, during that time, just her making sure that I held myself accountable and that I believed in myself as much as my cohort believed in me as well. So it was definitely a transformative experience. I would highly recommend anyone to just give it a shot. And you never know, you'll probably shock yourself, honestly, once you end the course.
0: How did you feel when the class was holding you accountable? Was that something you thought was a good thing? Was it a challenging thing? What was going through your mind when you heard people saying, hey, wait a second, Brittany, you said you were going to do this.
1: It was actually a little nerve wracking in the beginning because I was just like, oh, crap, maybe I shouldn't have told them that I was going to do this because now I actually have to do it. But I think afterwards, I was just like, I'm really glad that I can have this additional support system. Because sometimes you don't realize how you need that during those periods of your time during that season. And just having them to be able to talk through my goals with them and to just tell them, oh, do you think I should do it this way? Just having like another sounding board. It was really great for me and really didn't mean a lot to me to have them to believe in what I'm doing and to still send me well wishes via LinkedIn to this day.
0: Oh, that's great. So you're still connected and you're still... Holding you accountable and encouraging you.
1: (laughs) They definitely are for sure.
0: You've got your business. You started in a challenging time. You're looking forward. Where do you see yourself in the next year or the next five years?
1: Yeah. So, in the next one to five years, I see us further building out our digital agency. And so, I talked a lot about how mindset and wellness is a key player into what keeps me going. And so, we'll actually be launching our first ever signature program later on this year called Mind of a Boss. And it'll be a six week program where the first three weeks we'll talk all about mindset and the last three weeks we'll talk about business. And so it's just really built for them to understand how they can become a more balanced boss. And the next year I'll actually be launching a new productivity brand that is surrounding mindset and wellness as well. And so a lot of great things coming down the pipeline that I'm really excited to share more about.
0: Well, it sounds very exciting. And as you think about mindset and wellness, I mean, what are some things that you're doing even to hone that for yourself moving forward so that you can achieve that vision?
1: For mindset and wellness, I'm just making sure that I'm always working on my growth inside and out. And so just working on healthy habits, even if that's not checking my phone as soon as I wake up, putting my phone in the living room to make sure that I'm not checking emails as soon as I wake up. It's just, setting up my environment in order to be successful. And so having those healthy habits is really what's keeping me going and being able to just focus, even though I'm a social media influencer, not falling prey to the social media hole and the scrolling and all of that and the comparison. I think just really just setting some clear boundaries for myself and encouraging others to do the same. What
0: is the impact of you doing that? I mean, many people do check their email constantly. They keep their phone right by their bed. It's the first thing they do when they wake up. What's the impact for you making that decision to say, you know what, I'm not going to do that first thing?
1: Yeah, I feel less anxious for sure. So when I was keeping my phone by my bedside, I was feeling anxious about, oh, I'm scrolling on social media. I should be making that video or I want to be traveling there, just falling into the comparison hole. And if I'm checking emails, I get an email from a client and I already feel myself getting worked up. Those small things, whether you realize it or not, leads you to skipping your whole morning routine. So that whole workout you had planned is out the window because now you're checking emails and now you're working. Setting those boundaries has really helped me dedicate at least an hour or two just to focus on myself and to do my morning routine the way that I should be doing it. So then I can be prepared to tackle the rest of the day. And so if something so small like that that you don't realize is an impact that really is helpful and beneficial.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because part of what you're highlighting, and I experienced this myself, is there are so many temptations to distraction, so many things Mm -hmm. that can derail us from our day or the key things that we have to do. So what I hear you saying is it's important to be very intentional and make sure that Mm -hmm. we're focusing on those most important things first.
1: Absolutely. And to just know your triggers, right? One of my favorite books that I always recommend is Atomic Habits. And it really does talk about the habit loop and the way that you should know your trigger and your cues. And so if you know that, then you kind of know how to set yourself up to win and not to fail.
0: That's a great book. And it really does highlight, we can reprogram our habits, take bad habits, make yep. good habits and so forth. So Brittany, one of the things you've talked about is the comparison hold, And clearly one of the potentially damaging parts of social media is the tendency we can have to compare ourselves to other people. And I hear this from my kids all the time. And I know it can lead to depression. There's a lot of research on that. What advice do you have to people about how to avoid that, how to get out of that mindset that compares themselves to other people that they are seeing or watching in social media?
1: The comparison hole is once again, a conscious choice that you have to make not to fall into that hole. And I think that for me personally, I had to make that conscious decision about a year or two ago because I was actively looking at other creators and I was just wanting what they had or wanting to travel to these places and things like that. But I really had to ask myself, is that what I really want? So I would see someone traveling to like a nice place. And although I did want to travel to a nice place, I didn't want to become a travel blogger like they were. And so I really had to kind of just like hone in on my why and what it is that I want to do personally, because sometimes you just want to do that one action, but you don't want to do the whole thing. And so you have to be realistic with yourself on that. I think one of the things that has helped me moving forward is just to stop scrolling on social media to the point where you feel like you're constantly fueling yourself with negative self-talk and just... All of these comparison traps it's like you're setting the traps for yourself and so i minimized my scrolling and also the people who were making me feel a way about myself and my life i unfollowed them or i muted them if it's going to be beneficial and bettering myself then i have to take action in some way i can't just allow myself to fall into that hole because it can lead to other things like depression and just So many other different spirals that you just don't want to be a part of, especially when you know you have a positive mission that you need to be fulfilling. Well,
0: one of the things we talk about in Dale Carnegie is being intentional. Sounds like you are very intentional about what you do and don't do on social media. I'm curious, you just started Mm -hmm. to talk about mission and to what degree do personal values and purpose keep you grounded in the social media world?
1: so i definitely hold true to my mission and values i'll even say no to a brand that i feel like just isn't on the same wavelength as me and that's how passionate i am about what i put out there and how much i respect my audience by not just taking any brand deal just because maybe the money might sound good that is really something that i've worked hard to cultivate that's something where a lot of creators starting out they want to work with these great brands but if that brand doesn't align with you or If something doesn't align with your mastering, you have to let it go. But you have to know that better is going to come. And so you just have to be patient.
0: I mean, ultimately, it seems like the most successful people at this are people who are authentic followers Mm -hmm. like to have the authentic Brittany or the authentic Joe or whatnot. And they can tell when people aren't being authentic.
1: You know, the best way to test your audience is to see if they convert past social media. And so there are a lot of creators who have millions of followers, but when they're trying to convert their followers over to maybe their new website, they have a hard time getting those followers to translate. And that's because the foundation isn't right. And it's not a true sense of community. And so if you can get your followers to the point where they can advocate for you offline, then that's how you know you've really won.
0: It's interesting. What I'm hearing you talk about is actually a relationship relationship with someone that you may not yeah. know but it really is a relationship of a sort because ultimately if people want to have that connection they're going to follow you whether you move platforms mm-hmm. or whatever you're going to do but you're also yeah you know, go back to what you said about leadership you care about other people you try to take care of other people you're trying to get value as an mm-hmm. influencer and that's what people respond to
1: yes it really does come down to relationship, even um with your brand partnerships and so A lot of the reason why I have repeat partnerships with some of the brands is because I have a really great relationship with them and that we do more than just talk via email. We go out for coffee. We just catch up in other ways where I actually try to get to know the person and not what they could do for me or what they could offer me. And I really do think that once people can move past that, they can really have some solid, meaningful relationships with their audience and it can really transform into something bigger than what they could have imagined.
0: Brittany, another quote that I saw from you is my story really began the moment I decided to boss up and reach my full potential. Tell us about that quote.
1: So that quote goes back to that moment when I was calling myself a broke entrepreneur. And I remember that day, I wrote it on my whiteboard. It's October 22nd of last year was my last day of calling myself a broke entrepreneur. And from that moment, it was like something clicked in my head and i went from making maybe like 1500 to 2000 a month in sales from our offerings to now making 8 to 10k a month i decided to boss up and reach my full potential i had been telling other people to do the same but also simultaneously holding myself back from doing that very action and so that definitely was a game changer for us
0: that's great well boss up sounds like it's really a mantra For you, it really encourages you to want to bring out your very best. You know, a lot of people would love to be able to make the kind of money you're talking about just by content creation. Any Mm -hmm. advice for people about where to get started and what type of content should they create? How do they begin?
1: I think it all comes down to finding your niche and what you're passionate about, but knowing that you don't have to stick to that. And so when I first started off, I was heavily Mm -hmm. talking about fashion and beauty. But over time, my niche started to change as I started to change and be more self-aware as a person. And so I think if you could hone in on what it is you're passionate about, it's not going to be hard for you to be consistent because you're already passionate about that thing. So now it's just up to you to create content and to put that out into the world. And so if you can start there, then you will find your target audience. I feel like sometimes people are like, Well, the people that currently follow me, they're just family and friends, they're not going to understand what I'm doing. But your goal is not for them to understand what you're doing, it's for you to reach your ideal audience by putting out the content. And so you just have to start.
0: So getting started, clearly a critical part. I mean, there is so much content out there. How did you distinguish your content from all the other content that was out there to start getting people to pay attention?
1: I was just being transparent and I was just being vulnerable. And I felt like it was beyond the, oh, this is my outfit. It's cute. Like this post. It was more so talking about my journey and how I'm overcoming something or just giving practical advice and tips for them to do the same. And of course, there are some other things that just you have to do on these platforms. I think if you really want to be successful on Instagram, you just have to make sure that you're finding your audience by using the right hashtags and just really taking advantage of video content right now because it's huge. And it's something that I feel like people are scared of because they don't want to put themselves out there in that way. But video content is huge. It's not going anywhere. Um, A lot of these platforms are figuring out different ways to create more short form video. And I've seen creators grow their accounts from maybe like 3K to 30K in the last year just by creating video content. And so that's what I would say to a new creator. Make sure you create video content, but also make it informative.
0: So how do you encourage people to overcome that hyper self-consciousness that can keep them from doing a video, right? Where we could be our own worst Mm -hmm. critics. And you talked about mindset and that mindset Mm -hmm. that can hold people back. So is there one piece of advice you could give someone who's just afraid to post that first video? What are people going to think about me? What if I look stupid? What advice might you give to those people?
1: Either it's going to resonate with them or it's not. If it doesn't, then they weren't your target audience to begin with. And so they move on, you move on by finding your target audience. And so you really just have to focus in on serving the people who will appreciate your content. And once you can block out those people who your content is not for, you're going to be able to create content more freely. I give my clients an exercise to do where they ask themselves why three times. And so They might say, I don't wanna create the video because I don't have time. Why don't you have time? Oh, I don't have time because I'm working on X. Why are you working on? So when you ask yourself why you kind of get down to the root and it's just like, oh man, I really am holding myself back. And so that's another exercise that I would recommend.
0: So as you look ahead, what excites you most about your work right now?
1: Being able to receive positive feedback from our community. And so a lot of them are always saying how thankful they are to be a part of our community and how much value they receive. And I really do feel like it is when you go beyond the surface and you just open yourself to be transparent and vulnerable to your community. That's when they feel like they can really connect with you. And so honestly, I'm not really focused on the vanity metrics. I just really want to make sure that I'm honing in on just the relationship that I have with those who currently follow me and hope that that will continue the growth just by them advocating and sharing the positive content that we're putting out. And so community driven is always my focus. And I just want to make sure that I'm always pouring into them.
0: You seem very creative. Where do you get your sources of creativity and innovation?
1: I think I've gotten like two or three new ideas just from working out every morning. But I think I also get a lot of ideas and innovation from watching YouTube. So I have a few YouTubers that I watch who are in the entrepreneurship mindset room. And when I'm watching them, I feel like my creative juices are going. And then all of a sudden, I'm pulling out my notebook, and I'm doing a whole mind math activity on the things that I should be doing, which is also a really great activity to do if you're feeling unclear about your offerings or what you should be doing or your path, doing that exercise and also leaning into other resources, it really does help to cultivate innovation. And now I just have to work with the ideas that I have and bring them into fruition, which I feel like is the other half of the battle.
0: Who are some of the people you'd recommend that are inspiring to you on YouTube?
1: Lavender, She is all about entrepreneurship, wellness, but also she gives a lot of great practical advice on how you can implement these things into your daily life. I also watch Rowena Tao. And so she also does the same thing, but she does it in a way that still kind of feels poetic. feels like I'm watching a movie, which I feel like a lot of YouTube videos are starting to feel like movies now. And I'm really excited about it. Those type of narratives that really keep me motivated and inspired and just seeing someone who kind of just feels like relatable to me helps me realize that I can be doing those things as well. Um, I just need to continue to work on myself and it can happen.
0: Awesome. Terrific. Well, let me ask Brittany, any final advice or closing advice you'd have for our podcast audience?
1: I would just say final advice is working on yourself is a constant journey. Entrepreneurship is a constant journey. It sometimes feels like everyone has it together, but we're all figuring it out as we go. And so I was just saying not to be too hard on yourself to learn how to give yourself grace and just take each day and strive.
0: All right. Well, terrific advice. Thank you so much, Brittany. Really appreciate your being with us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed this edition of take command a Dale Carnegie podcast. Check out our resources page at www.dalecarnegie.com for more research, insight and tools that will support your success taking command of your leadership potential. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating it and subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us at the next episode of Take Command, a Dale Carnegie podcast.